Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. All right, so TPR's prophetic history, that's great, 2020, uh, what we believe about TPR and the future. Now, what I want to kind of give us as a little bit of a a preface here is that uh, in the midst of what we're experiencing right now with this whole COVID-19 thing, we're in a moment that some might consider, I think I would, the first global moment. The first time that the whole planet was talking about a single thing at the same time. You know, not everybody cares about the Olympics. So when the Olympics happen, it doesn't necessarily have the attention of the whole planet. But I mean, little towns out in the middle of nowhere, big cities, this continent, that continent. I mean, we're in a global moment right now that has a lot of feeling to it. We can all kind of feel that weight of it. And uh, part of what I want to do in this series is connect what's happening right now to what the Lord has, has told us about the prayer room's future. While this was unexpected, I didn't see this coming. This specifically, the Lord has told us a lot about global moments that the prayer room will be actively involved in. And so while we didn't know about a COVID-19 starting in this time frame, we definitely knew and have been expecting for the Lord to provide for his house of prayer, the prayer room missions base, in the midst of coming trials. We've got a lot of words about that. And so uh, the Lord's made it clear to us, not just that trials will come, but that the prayer room has an active role in those coming trials. And so we're getting a little bit of a first run here of what does it look like when there's a global difficulty for the prayer room missions base locally? How do we respond? What do we do? And and the truth of the matter is we just keep doing what we're doing. We've been doing prayer meetings since 2005. We just keep doing prayer meetings. And it's a little bit more complicated than that, but that's a, a significant point is we will see many wild things unfold in the coming years and decades The prayer room has an assignment that transcends all those difficulties, that transcends all those blessings. We're expecting the Lord to do some really awesome things as well. Good things or bad things, we're expecting that the Lord's going to provide for us in a way that we can stay steady, or maybe we'll add ish to that, steady-ish through uh, all that comes. And so um, just as a fun thing that I noticed this time in my, you know, studying our prophetic history and going through dreams and all this Something that I'd never really noticed before that's kind of fun and is kind of a, of course the Lord would do that. I just noticed that so many of the people who have been contributing prophetic dreams, prophetic words, the way that the Lord will speak to them is typically aligned along a, a narrow theme that's a part of our future. And so, and then, but the Lord will speak to a different person about a different line of thought. And I mean, give that person three, five, 10, 15 dreams, but about a specific subject. And then a different person, two, three, 10 dreams about a different subject than that person. And so I just thought that was kind of fun. And I just kind of noticed, I mean, Peyton Stokes will often get warning dreams for the prayer room. And, uh, and that's kind of a lane that the Lord is, I don't know that he's assigned that to her, but it's a, it's a common theme. As I was looking back all over the dreams about warning, most of them were Peyton dreams. Uh, I was looking over dreams about money. So many times that would be Luke Cooper. The Lord would give Luke, I don't know how many dreams, about finances for this house in the future. And then uh, Rachel Elijah would often have dreams about TPR in future trials. 
future difficulties. That would be kind of a, a lane that, uh, that the Lord would give her. And it just makes sense that the Lord would assign prophetic voices in specific areas and that we don't all have to be professionals at everything, but that the Lord would give, you know, one, a specific kind of theme and even for this ministry. And I'm just so grateful. I, Lord, I can't thank you enough for giving us so many prophetic voices over the years to help the prayer room missions base navigate our current circumstances and know what to expect in the future. All right, well, I want to give us why we're telling these stories and then we're going to jump into them. Uh, there's a number of reasons. Uh, one, in 2005, the Lord spoke sovereignly. We'll, we'll tell those stories uh, in the future sessions. But the Lord spoke sovereignly that we were to start this prayer meeting and that it was to continue on. It wasn't on my radar. I, I promise you, it was the absolute last thing I was thinking was to do daily prayer meetings and wind up with whatever all this is. I mean, this is a bit dizzying. It's spun out of control. And, uh, and, but this was in the Lord's heart all along. And he, he spoke to us in 2005 about starting this prayer ministry. And honestly, if we didn't have anything else, uh, I would want to retell that story just to encourage us that the Lord said stuff. Well, another is to provide a guide through our history. We've got so many people around right now. So many that are uh, engaging with us online. So many that come around our base that don't know our story. They show up here and, and they wouldn't even know that we've been doing prayer meetings for 14 years. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy statement. Daily prayer meetings for 14 years. That's just, there's not a lot of places that can say that. That's just a crazy thing to be able to communicate. And so we want to invite our community and those of you that are tracking with us online into our story, into who we are, into how we got here. You know what I mean? What makes us us? And so I think that's going to be fun and also really provide some framework. Because there's a lot about what we do that the why is hidden in our history with God, where he has told us this or that. Next, I want to cause us to remember our story because by remembering, it helps us define what we do and paints a picture for uh, what we're heading into. Uh, we need to remember the way that the Lord has dealt with us as a spiritual community, the way that the Lord has dealt with us as a priesthood, the way that he's dealt with us as a, a predominantly group of young people you know, over the years. And I'm less and less a young people. Uh, but man, when we started this thing, I was 25. And, uh, and you know, that counts as young people. And just to see the way that the Lord has been speaking to a group of young people about an assignment that he had and us taking it seriously. Another is to pass on our heritage to the next generation. Not just um, our kids, but definitely our kids. But passing on our heritage, what the Lord has told us and sown into us to this group of 20-year-olds that's tracking with us now. And, you know, I just think about the importance of, in the, in the time frame of the Exodus, the Israelites passing along the story of being delivered up out of Egypt to their kids and to the next generation and sharing those stories and, and helping people understand in that next generation who God is and who God is to us. And, uh, and so I just want to read this verse out of uh, Psalm 78. I just love the way that this communicates uh, this idea of heritage. My people, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. 
He commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would then tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. We actually do this prayer room thing by the command of the Lord. And for us to empower a whole new group that's a part of our community, not just with how to do prayer meetings, not just with come on time and, you know, let your yes be yes, not with just the how, but the why. To empower this generation with the why of a way that the Lord has spoken to us, the things that he's done to get us to this point, the victory moments, the the dark times that he got us through, the commands of the Lord, start a daily prayer meeting, all these different things. It's imperative that we have our now community tracking with the assignment that the Lord has given us and the the deeds, the, the ways that the Lord has interacted with us over the years. And as a part of the overflow of that, I want to stir up gratitude. When I read the stories, when I tell the stories again, when I remember what the Lord has done, it makes me incredibly thankful to Jesus for being real, for being so real that we have stories. Not just that we read Bible stories, we have stories to tell as a spiritual community about us and the way the Lord's dealt with us. Not just stories we read in a book, but we have TPR community family stories, an archive of ways that God has dealt with us and given to us. And it is enriching to the soul to think God has so much to say to this spiritual community. God has so much he wants to do through this community. That is empowering. And so I want to stir up gratitude in our hearts for all the times God has broken in and done cool stuff. And lastly, I think we need to know our history to prepare for our future. There's a tremendous amount. I mean, maybe most. I think it's probably most. I could go online on that or go on the line. I believe that most of what the Lord has spoken to us about the ministry is still future. Most. So to look at God spoke this and then he did it. God spoke this and then it happened. Gives us a lot of faith for God spoke this, but it hasn't happened yet. And so it's very empowering about our future. And so I got to tell you, there's a lot right now that is uneasy in culture with all that's going on with this COVID-19 and uh, all the the fear and the, you know, people wondering, are they going to have a job? Are they going to have this? Are they going to do that? I can tell you one thing. The prayer room is going to be here tomorrow. The prayer room is going to be here in a decade. I mean, until the Lord comes, the prayer room is going to be here. And it's a point of stability to know that because the Lord has spoken so much about the future of the prayer remission space and what we're to do and how we're to interact with him and even what things are going to look like in specific situations. Now, I'm going to transition into telling some stories, really dreams. Tonight is mostly me telling dreams, but man, if I were to read you all these dreams, it would be boring and hard to follow. And So here's what I'm going to do. Mostly, I'm going to paraphrase. Mostly, I'm going to give you the gist of the dream. I'm going to say, you know, this dream happened and it was about this. And this one happened and it was about this. With some exceptions, I'll read some excerpts or whatever. Uh, But I I want to be clear about that because I'm not actually reading the dreams tonight. Um, It's difficult to do it that way. It's difficult for me to get through. It's difficult for you to track with. And so I'm going to be giving you the gist of a lot of dreams, uh, but that they're all themed. And so that makes makes things connect pretty easily. Um, First kind of thought process or theme of dreams, dream theme. Uh, that I want to give you on this stream is TPR's wild future. 
and, and the way that the Lord has interacted with us and told us about our future, these pages are sticking together monstrously. Okay, here we go. Um, one of the most uh, profound dreams that he's ever given us is one that we refer to as the journey dream. And we'll tell that dream, I'm sure, at some point in this uh, series. Uh, but one of the things that the Lord gave us in that dream, and we reference it back many times because it wasn't just an important dream. It was foundational for lots and lots of things that have happened, are happening, and will happen for the ministry. And when, we, when I got that dream, I knew this is a different one. This one's like a really important one. This isn't one you just write down and think about. This is going to be one that like we talk about a lot. And our leadership team has talked about it a ton and referenced it a ton over the years. I had the dream in 2012. And again, we refer to this as the journey dream. And one of the aspects of the journey dream that was a bit unnerving was as exciting as the journey was about to be in the dream that we were having about the future of the ministry, there was, it was filled with so much uncertainty. We were heading into uncertainty. And everything was about to change for us in this dream. And the, there was a tone of intimidation in the dream. So while there were a lot of aspects that were going to be exciting... Fun, promotion, there was also this kind of like, oh, are we sure we want to do this? This is going to be intense. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be intimidating how much is going on, how much we don't know how to navigate. Uh, it's going to be intense. And so while that is uh, one of the dreams that we celebrate the most, it's also one of the dreams that gave us an early heads up about what our future would hold that would be... Um, Wild. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it at wild because wild could mean good. Wild could be bad. Is that a fun-loving wild animal or is it a vicious killer wild animal? You don't know, just wild. And so uh, one of those dreams that really kind of helped plumb line us in that, that we've been talking about for eight years, over eight years. Next, one of our worship leaders had a dream about TPR's future growth. And the description of the future growth was glorious and terrifying at the same time. Uh, these are like really interesting dynamics to go, to go coinciding, uh, just like in the journey dream. It's like, man, this is cool. This is fun. But also like I'm intimidated and freaked out and I'm not sure. Do we really want to go on this journey? Well, here, this worship leader had it, a dream, and we were growing but seemingly out of control. It was fun and exciting, but this worship leader said that it was also terrifying. And it felt like she had to hold on for dear life because things were happening so fast. It's like, man, that's a little tough when you're thinking about your worship leaders that are keeping the fire on the altar 20 hours a day. At that point, probably even more. And it's like their description of themselves in a dream of the future for the prayer room is, it was so awesome. And also I felt like I was going to die. It's like, oh my gosh, what are we headed into? And so I just look at right now and even this situation with the coronavirus, and I'm like, this is out of control. This is, this is, there's a measure of it that's exciting because we're hopeful of what the Lord's going to do in the wake of it. But then there's also so much discomfort and uncertainty. And so I actually kind of, I feel like we're getting a little bit of a taste even right now. It's a little taste. It's, it is not by any means the fullness. It is, you know, it's a one on a scale of one to a hundred, but it's a taste of what it looks like to feel both the expectation and also the, a little bit of trembling, you know, in your spirit. Next, uh, I had a dream about the prayer room pictured as an out-of-control semi-truck that I didn't know how to drive. 
The Lord was giving us as a really clear picture of me driving the semi, but I don't know how to drive a semi. And the semi is out of control. And the Lord is telling us, this is the future of the prayer room. Because at the time, that wasn't the prayer room. And, and really, at no point has that been the prayer room. But the Lord was making it clear that <clears throat> this truck was fully loaded with all supplies. It was fully loaded. And the Lord was giving us directions, but giving them to us as we went. So I'm driving this semi, not even knowing the final destination. The Lord knows where we're going, but I don't. I'm driving the truck. And the Lord, uh, order by order, would give us directions, take a sharp left. And I'm cutting off traffic. I'm running red lights. You know, I'm jumping canyons. And, I mean, it's like crazy. It's like the truck just... And we just kept going. It felt totally out of control. It felt wild and crazed and exciting. And yet, I noted in the dream, even though we were taking the most reckless turns, no one was getting hurt. No one was flying off. Even as we're turning into oncoming traffic, you know, at times no one was getting hurt. The Lord was driving. It was really him driving the truck. And while we were in it, not knowing exactly what we had said yes to, it was exhilarating, but it was dangerous feeling. I just remember waking up like in a cold sweat, like, man, that just was intense. And I think these dreams actually are uh, encouragements and warnings about our future. I just want to tell everybody who's connected to us, I fully believe the future of this ministry is going to be exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. And I don't want to downplay either of those or, or, or make one you know, bigger than the other. I think it's going to be freaky and also amazing in the ways that the Lord shows up and does things. So I'm actually grateful. Those aren't the only dreams. We've had a bunch, but that's a little excerpt of some of the dreams that we've had that are depicting the future of the prayer room as kind of both the great and terrible day of the prayer room. I mean, it's like, it's not just one or the other. It's, it's got both of those things woven in together. And so I, I just want to tell us, like, get ready, buckle up, because the ride that we've been promised is going to be glorious and also dangerous and crazy and, and hold on sort of a moment. All right, I want to talk about some dreams related to great trial. Now, to me, I want to stop because this is such an important point in my mind. The Lord has given us dreams, impressions, visions, and words about <clears throat> difficulties that this ministry would see and experience in the future. And we've been getting these kinds of words for 14 years. <clears throat> so for 14 years... <clears throat> We've been hearing the Lord tell us, you have a future. Here are some specifics about your future. And then we've had a bunch of dreams that have been about glories, and we'll get to those. This is specifically, you have a future in terrible times. You, the prayer remissions base, will exist in very difficult times. And these dreams inform what we're supposed to do. These dreams inform how we're supposed to hold our heart. But more than anything, these dreams alert us that the prayer room missions base will go through great difficulties. I think it's so interesting how many of these dreams the Lord has given to us about future hardships for the nation of America. Specifically, TPR navigating national crisis. I mean, it's exactly what we're doing with right now. Only 
different scenarios. I, I don't recall one that was about a plague specifically or about a, <clears throat> a virus, <clears throat> but I do have many about specifics. And so <clears throat> one of the people in our community had a dream about the importance of believers staying steadfast in the face of the rise of specifically deception, the rise of militant Islam, <clears throat> and the increased threat of death. This dream, not about the future of America, about the future of the prayer room related to the future of America. With the rise of militant Islam, with the rise of the threat of death to Americans on American soil, and the rise of deception in the land, and how important it was that the people of the prayer room and the prayer room as a community stayed steadfast in our assignment together and steadfast in our commitment to Jesus as individuals. I just thought that was, when, I, when they had that dream and they gave it to me, I was like, it rang true in my spirit. I read the dream. I was like, man, this is the future. This is intense, though, that this is the future. That there are times coming in America where there will be such deception. Times coming where there will be the release of a significant increase of violence coming out of, uh, of radical Islam and, and all the like. And that that's going to cause the threat of death. And there's going to be real penalty for many believers. And I just thought, man, what a crazy dream for the prayer room to be right up all up in the middle of that dream and the way that we're to navigate. Next, another uh, person in the community had a dream where Texas specifically was, wasn't safe anymore. And many members of the prayer room community were beginning to arm themselves in order to protect, to protect themselves against ISIS. I mean, in the dream, it was crazy how many people were starting to get their concealed handgun licenses and how many people were arming themselves with guns because the state of Texas, both the state physically and the, the state, you know, in the spirit, if you will, was no longer safe. And that now there was a real threat of ISIS coming and, you know, doing terrible things. And it was like, man, we better arm ourselves. And in the dream, it seemed like wisdom that there were so many that were arming themselves in order to prepare for this onslaught that was coming. Second part of that that was equally important, I believe, is also because of the threat of ISIS and all the related challenges that came with that. And, you know, I don't know all the details of what that's going to look like. And even if it'll be ISIS or a different group, or even if they will be militant Islam, I, I don't know. But because in this dream of the threat of ISIS and all of the lack of safety and the, the, uh, the unease and unrest that that presented, there were lots of scared people acting crazy. And in this dream, TPR, people in the community were arming themselves, not just against ISIS, but against people acting crazy that would try to break into their house. In the midst of the context of this. And I was like, in the dream, it was, you know, as I, as I read it, it wasn't my dream, but as I read it, I was just... I was seeing aspects of the future that I could actually see coming about. It was very intense. But then also, not just people acting crazy, but then also evil people in those situations taking advantage of the situation. Uh, it's crazy. I've even heard of some groups right now that in COVID-19 are taking advantage of the situation and are looking at the, well, now everybody's eyes are over here, so let's do something over here. And taking advantage of those moments and uh, that kind of a thing. And so we've got a dream about the prayer room operating in that hour and 
not being fully immune to those difficulties. I mean, at least at the point where in the dream, everybody was arming themselves to uh, add the measure of protection because people's houses were getting invaded and all this stuff by ISIS, by crazy people who were freaked out and wanted food, and then also by other evil people that were taking advantage of the situation in order to get ahead. It's like, I could see all that. I mean, I could really see that kind of a thing happening. But I think it's interesting, again, it wasn't a dream about the future of America or the dream, a dream about the future of ISIS or whatever group. It was a dream about the prayer room community operating in the midst of that crisis. See, the Lord's speaking to TPR about TPR's place in these future problems. The prayer room has a place. We will continue to exist. Another dream. A TPR was operating as a missions base in the midst of a global flood. Oh my gosh, a global flood. You know, we've never seen a global pandemic before, at least not in my lifetime. And so it's a bit unbelievable to see it happening. But it's like, what about a global flood? Now, I'm not talking, you know, Noah uh, proportions, but what about a global flood that was like, I don't know, the sea levels rising everywhere or something? I mean, but in this dream, the prayer room was still a missions base, but we were operating as a missions base in the midst of a global flood. And in the midst of that, the community was going out to preach the heart of Jesus to people in the midst of all the terror and difficulty and pain, the prayer room was sending out, you know, messengers to go preach the heart of Jesus in the midst of this. Yes, the gospel, but also his perspective on the judgments, his perspective on what was happening. But check this out. In the dream, the preachers from the prayer room that were going out in this flood were preaching with boldness, signs, and wonders, even as the water levels were rising. There was a measure of boldness resting on the messengers. We talk about this house being a forerunner uh, ministry where we're raising up forerunner messengers so that will know how to operate and preach the word of God and hold their hearts rightly in the hour coming. This dream was specifically about that. One thing that stood out uh, in the dream was that everyone's stuff was washing away and that all the things that people thought were so important were of no value in the light of this flood just thought of how how real that makes the dream you know when houses are flooding and people's tvs are floating down the street you know what i mean it's like just crazy things like that but again the prayer room operating it would be one thing to me i don't know how seriously i could take it i don't know how deep i could put my heart in it if these dreams were about these things minus tpr but these dreams are about the prayer rooms part in navigating these things uh, the reason we're telling this prophetic history and these stories is I want for us as a ministry to know where we're headed and know the importance of the night and day prayer component and know the importance of we're praying for God to break in and bring revival and change things. The prayer room has a real part to play. Next dream, TPR navigating global crisis together. So really a, a focus, this dream was really a focus on the community aspect, being close-knit together. Uh, one of the people in our, our ministry had a dream, had a number of significant end-time dreams, actually, about us, where the dream was operating, uh, I'm sorry, where the prayer room was operating in extreme community in the midst of earthquakes, famines, and floods. Where, where the prayer, like the earthquakes are happening, the big ones, the famines are happening. You know, the Bible says there are famines coming. The Lord was allowing us to see the prayer room in dream language, navigating through earthquakes, famines, and floods. 
And this is a different person than the one that I had that other dream a minute ago about the global flood. Navigating through earthquakes and what the prayer room is going to look like and how the prayer room is going to operate. And the, to me, it's like the Lord saying, see, I've still got you. You'll survive the earthquake. You'll survive the flood. You'll survive the famine. You'll keep being a prayer room missions base in the midst of this, in the midst of that. But specifically how the community was so close knit together and serving one another as the resources were depleting, as there was so little, you know, we're seeing that a little bit right now. I know it seems kind of trite and funny, but like people are bringing each other toilet paper right now when there was a run on the toilet paper at the grocery stores and nobody could get any. Like we're seeing that in a micro level right now, but in this dream, it was very real. People were moving in with each other because their houses had gotten destroyed by a flood. You know, people were, you know, doing this and doing that and and serving one another and helping one another. The community of the prayer room was being knit very close together in the midst of all this. Next dream. This one's intense. Another one of our intercessors had a dream about TPR navigating in the midst of foreign invasion. So foreign forces invading America. And what's the prayer room doing? How is the prayer room navigating it? Operating once again in extreme community in the midst of foreign invasion and all the pressures related to that. The ways that we were you know, able to keep the prayer meetings going and the ways that we were able to operate you know, kind of under the radar. and Just so interesting. You know, I think that the Lord gave us dreams about the prayer room operating in these extreme difficulties. Because the prayer room is going to operate in these extreme difficulties and they're coming. And so I know this sounds like, well, man, this is not what I signed up for tonight. I wanted the happy message about the prayer room and all the cool stories. We're going to get to those. But I wanted to start with a little bit of a kind of slap us around, get our our hearts postured of where we're going. Because if we don't understand where we're going, where we've been and what the Lord has spoken doesn't make near as much sense. But when you start to see what the Lord has said about the future, and I believe these things, the measures that he's taken to sustain this house and to speak to us and to give us such a rich prophetic history, actual history, makes sense because we're going to need it for where we're going. We're going to need it. Luke Fredenberg had a dream where the prayer room was operating as a small colony, but this colony was like a city of refuge, like a colony of refuge. And the prayer room was operating that way. Specifically, this one's kind of intense because when you look at the details of the dream, This one was the prayer room operating as a colony of refuge in the time frame of the Antichrist ruling. So the Antichrist is on the scene and he's telling everybody convert or die. And while that's happening, the prayer room is operating as a city of refuge, as a a place where God's grace is resting on us. But what was interesting about this is that this dream, it wasn't just about the trials, but also the, the way that TPR would respond in this. All of us had experienced loss in that dream. And so there was loss at various levels, but there was also supernatural elements of protection and provision. So it was both. There was loss and the supernatural coinciding, even in the midst of the prayer room, trying to operate a 24-7 house of prayer or whatever, in the midst of the Antichrist. I mean, that's just so intense. And so will it look exactly like it did in the dream? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, it gave me... It gave me a thought process of the prayer room existing when Mr. A announces his you know, lordship over the planet in Jerusalem. And we're here in, in Arlington doing night and day prayer and going, oh my gosh, we are going to be here when this thing unfolds. So anyway, these dreams are set to help us know the coming trials, 
see ourselves in the coming trials, and even some nuances about how to navigate them. You know, it doesn't make any sense tonight. It's not the point. This is a different setting. But it doesn't make any sense tonight to unveil all the little nuances of how did the prayer room respond and what did we do and what did we get rebuked for. There are a lot of lessons that are laced through these dreams that our leadership team will process in the future and and have processed to some degree now. It's not a setting where you're telling the prophetic history to give all those, but the Lord was giving us information about what we could do, should do uh, in those coming days. Okay, (laughs) transition out of the heaviness now. Okay, now we'll get to some little bit, well, no, a lot of it, uh, more lighthearted, exciting stuff that helps our stomach kind of grapple with the balance of these two things. The great and the terrible day of, uh, of the prayer room, as I, as I called it. Um, I want to talk now about the words that the Lord's given us about his presence coming. I mean, these are rich words. I am so thankful. These words help keep me steady because in the midst of all that craziness we were talking about a minute ago, his presence is with us. Now, I can put up with a lot of hassle if I've got the presence of God. I mean, I can deal with anything. In fact, when you see Stephen in the midst of martyrdom, he's got the presence of God resting on him so much, he's just kind of smiling off the rocks as they hit him in the face. He's like someplace else. He's seeing a vision of Jesus standing at the right hand. Because of the presence of God, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. But I want us to understand Christ giving us strength means he's drawing near. It's not just a Bible verse. It's him drawing near. We've got a lot of words about our presence. Our future is not all bad. Our future also has promised glory coming our way. And we've got abundant words about the increase of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our community, in our prayer meetings, in our just in our midst, and those are exciting because I believe these as much as I believe all that other stuff. And it's the Lord's doing both. It's His purposes are marching forward, but as the difficulty increases, so does his glory. The wheat and tares are growing together. And so it's imperative that the Lord is anointing his people in the midst of the difficulty so that his people can stand and stay with him. And so that's the word, not just for the body of Christ, but the Lord has given us specific examples, specific words for TPR specifically. All right. uh, One of our worship leaders is one of the dreams. One of our worship leaders had a dream where the spirit was falling on TPR's encounter service worship. And first, there was joy and there was laughter in the room, but it was followed by the fear of the Lord filling the room with the terrifying presence of God, just like Jesus was there watching us in this sober moment. So even in this one dream, we see the, the joy and the laughter in the worship time. So it's like, imagine a worship time where the whole room or nearly everybody is laughing because of the presence of God so thick. And then a sobriety comes in the room. And now, in the most marking way that anybody in the room has ever felt in their life, and everybody's feeling it together, the fear of God is resting in the room in the same worship setting. I want that. I'm, I'm scared about that, but I also know God only does good things. And when he comes like that, it is good and it's powerful and it goes deep. In fact, I'm, I'm thankful for laughter and joy, but I almost wonder if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so the fear of the Lord is even better than laughter and joy. And it looks like we're going to get both. Another dream, another person, another one of our worship leaders had a dream where she was about to go on stage for her Wednesday set. 
I just, I love this because these start to get into just some details about our, you know, our, our nuances. This is the wind of the Lord filling our prayer room. So she's about to go on for her Wednesday set and the worship director comes up to her and says, your set is going to be really good. It's blowing up in there. The wind of the Lord has been on us all morning. I just love that. This, this, this worship leader just coming for their normal set, just normal, you know, Wednesday walking in and going, oh, you are about to have the time of your life. As you walk into that prayer room, the Holy Spirit's been in there so thick. His wind, his presence. You're about to have the best set of your life. I just, I love that. Um, Marvin Adams, who has frequently been a voice, a prophetic voice, a father voice, an encouragement. Uh, there are just so few people that I love and I'm so appreciative for more than Marvin. I love you, Marvin. If you ever listen to this, I love you. And I'm grateful uh, for his part in our story because the Lord has used him many times. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody tell me this. Brad, I heard the audible voice of the Lord for the prayer room. Marvin said that. He said, I heard the audible voice of the Lord for the prayer room. I've got to give you this word. It's so important. And so I just want to share that because it's the Lord sending wind. So just where we heard the wind of the Lord has been with us all morning. Now we've got the audible voice of the Lord coming to a prophetic man that we trust. Who's, who's been a minister, uh, has had ministry uh, of accuracy, of character, of love to this house for years and years and years. He says this. The Lord spoke to me audibly, said, tell them to come into the garden. Tell them I will encounter them in the garden. Tell Brad the winds are coming. Tell him that I am sending the wind. And then he gives a little bit of commentary. He says, he's going to send the wind. The Lord is releasing angels to come and help you. You've been asking, where is the wind? He's about to send the wind. The wind of God is coming. It is going to blow, and it's something that you cannot do, but he in his goodness will do. The Lord's promise to send our base the wind. And so while we've had other dreams about the wind of the Lord coming, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say, I had the audible voice of the Lord for you guys as a ministry. And what was that word? The word is, the wind of the Lord is coming. Tell Brad, winds are coming. And so I believe that. We're going to be in this room. And it's going to be a, just a regular set or something. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere is going to shift and it's going to stay shifted. And it's going to be powerful. And it's going to be, there is so much that comes with that wind that is benefit, that is, uh, that is connected to that. Well, the second part of that word is God said he was going to promote the prayer room through his presence. Marvin, in, in a similar, well, in that same encounter, he had a vision. So after he hears the audible voice of the Lord, then he has a vision for the prayer room. And in this vision, I'm going to read it, read most of it. said, I had a vision where the Lord went behind a curtain. And it's like everything was going good, but something wasn't plugged in. And he plugged something in and it shifted the entire atmosphere in this place. Then the vision shifted and I saw this huge sign over TPR. I knew it was connected to heaven. And I knew that it was the marketing system of heaven. You can do your part. But this was the part that heaven would do to promote you guys. And I noticed that the sign was not on. Then suddenly Jesus appeared again from back behind the curtain. And he went and he plugged in the sign. And it lit up the entire neighborhood. Something is going to shift at an appointed time. Where the Lord becomes your marketing director. 
This is going to launch you guys into a whole new season of grace. I keep seeing this sign on the top of the building. It's pointing to Jesus, but it's also pointing back to this place. There's going to be a fresh invitation for people to come here into this place. My presence will go with you. I feel like that is the first promise tonight for TPR is his presence. That that is the sign over the building. Heaven's marketing strategy for this place isn't how well you guys do things in your own strength. It's God's presence. We're looking for a time where the Lord is going to become our marketing director, where you don't have to advertise a fire, where the presence of God is going to be so clear in this place. That is going to be how we go from zero to 60 or from 100 on sacred trust to 1,000, whatever it is. I don't know. It's going to be the presence of God is such an attraction, such a magnet. We are believing this. Now, we've been praying, God, send us fire, send us wind, send us your power. But he's actually going to do it. He is going to put his presence on this house in such a profound way that people are going to come because they've heard rumor of his presence. They come and they get touched by his presence and they become presence junkies. And I'll just tell you, when people are getting touched by his presence in a predictable way, I don't mean they came once. I mean it's what's happening for a season, an elongated season of sustained presence. People give money. People give time. People give their lives. People do crazy things. People use their strengths and their gifts and their talents. People join staff. People do. When the presence of God sign is on, people get involved in a major way. All right, well, we've had a ton of dreams. We'll share some now and some more in other sessions because I think they fit because of other aspects of the dream. We've had a ton of dreams about people filling the prayer room. Just the room being full, which, I mean, it's kind of fun as a director to kind of think about, but it's also unnerving because of all that comes with that. Not everybody that comes in is sane. Not everybody that comes in knows the rules. Not everybody that comes in knows how to pray on the mic or what not to do in the room. There's a lot of mess that comes with it. We have had so many dreams about the prayer room being full and not just this one, other locations that are much bigger. Just share a few of these. I just love the way in these specific dreams, part of the reason I picked these is because they were time frame dreams and they were three different time frames that kind of made it, when you put them together, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, this is happening all the time kind of a thing. Middle of the week, our prayer room was full dream. So this is what I had. Um, I went into our prayer room and the room was full. It was the middle of the week and nothing special was going on, but the prayer room was full. There were plenty of visitors and it seemed normal in the dream. Like this is just how things were in that season. You just come in in the middle of the week and the prayer room's full. Like have a hard time finding a seat full in the middle of the week. Next, a few months later after I had that dream, another one of our leaders had a similar dream. This one, however, was specifically on a Friday. It was a Friday during the day at TPR and the room was full. I was amazed at how many people were there in the middle of the day on a Friday. Brad came up and said, wow, 60 people. And I said, you mean 120? And I called a rapid fire and everyone in the room lined up to pray. It was the longest, most tiring rapid fire <laughs> time ever. I was like, man, that's pretty accurate. You just think of 120 or 60 or whatever. If they all got up and they're all in the rapid fire, it's like... Uh, Three-second prayers, 
five seconds, we'll take the mic from you. I mean, 120 people or whatever the number. But I just think that was so funny that the Lord worked in. It was a Friday, which was specifically different than my midweek. So it wasn't like midweeks are the cool thing. Because Friday's the cool thing. Midweek's the cool thing. Friday's the cool thing. And specifically, the, just the details of like the life process. Man, it was exhausting. It wasn't just cool. I called for rapid fire and I kind of wish I hadn't. I mean, but that's a real detail about what things will look like in that season. Next, overflowing prayer meeting on a Thursday. I just, I love that the Lord gave us these days in the dreams. I just think that's so fun. So I had a dream where we were hosting the weekly Thursday pastor's prayer meeting. But people, so we're, we're doing the prayer meeting, uh, the pastor's prayer meeting in the prayer room, which means we've moved our live prayer meeting to the multi-purpose room. Okay, that's the context of the dream. But during the dream, while we're hosting the pastor's prayer meeting, people were steadily, it's a Thursday at 11 o'clock, I guess, 11.30, people are steadily trickling into the secondary prayer room, into the multi-purpose room. More and more people kept coming into the base to the point where that room was overflowing. So now, not all the people that want to be in the prayer meeting could be in the prayer meeting. They're actually overflowing out of the prayer meeting. But here's what's really cool. While all this was happening, the prayer room itself was over half full of senior pastors. So there's a pastor's prayer meeting where there's pastors gathering and praying while the room, in, you know, the multi-purpose room is overflowing. So two prayer meetings that are, you know, pretty lively happening at the same time. And all these senior pastors involved on a Thursday. I just thought, okay, so we got Tuesday or what was it? Yeah, yeah, Tuesday or no, middle of the week, Thursday and Friday. I just think that's, that's so fun. So many dreams like this. I couldn't give you them all. There have been too many to count over the years because we've had 14 years of people having those kinds of dreams. And, you know, not everybody always writes them down or tells me about them or, or remembers to email them to me. Okay, let's talk about the night watch. TPR has had so many words about the night watch. And, and I just want to stop for a second. I believe there are a ton of prayer ministries that are called to be prayer ministries, that are called to be awesome, that are not called to be 24-7 prayer ministries. I think 24-7 prayer is obnoxious. I think it's glorious, but I also think it is so much work. It's so hard. It's, I mean, we're not even there. We're 20 hours a day. I think Jesus is worthy of it, but I don't think he's calling every single ministry that's going to do prayer to be a 24-7 prayer ministry. I think there's a lot of houses of prayer, a lot of praying church, a lot of prayer groups that they should participate with 24-7 prayer somewhere, but their ministry themselves isn't actually going to be 24-7. Now, the reason I share that is when we were still in my living room, I mean, there's 10 of us or something. I might be exaggerating with the number 10. When there was a few of us in my living room, I was sure. I just had this knowing in my heart and then the Lord would whisper little things that were helpful. I had this knowing in my heart back in 2005 that the prayer room was going to be a 24-7 house of prayer. And I was telling people that. It just it looked so presumptuous. You just imagine, okay, wait, I've tamed down a lot. Imagine 25-year-old, unhinged, out of control, every sharp edge. I, I've got some sharp edges right now, but I had all of them then. And I'm like... We're going to be 24-7 hours of prayer. God's going to do it. Doesn't matter. We're just, we won't take anything from now. I mean, just, it was loud and crazy. And I'm yelling this to like six people. Okay. And I'm like, we will be. Don't you stare at me like we're not. I mean, 
I knew in my heart we were going to be a 24-7 house of prayer. And everything in the natural made that look presumptuous, impossible, probably arrogant, bizarre. For sure bizarre. I mean, just imagine being a visitor showing up. There's seven people in the room. We're going to be 24 hours. I mean, it's like we were 14 hours a week with no worship. I mean, it was like, we, no, we weren't ever going to be a 24-7 house of prayer unless the Lord said it. And he said it. I can remember, this is uh, sometime later. I'm going to share a few dreams here. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll be finished with tonight's session. Um, I, sometime later, I was praying in the prayer room and I, was, uh, I spent a whole prayer meeting and I was gripped. I remember in that season, there were a lot of prayer meetings where I was feeling the presence of the Lord in a gripping way. There were times where I would have the presence of travail hit me in the prayer meetings and I was just really pressing in on whatever subject it was that was laid on my heart. This was one of those moments. And these, these didn't happen very often. It certainly hasn't happened that many times over the 14 years. But it was happening more frequently in that time frame, meaning it happened three times in a year and a half or something. You know, I mean, or three times in a year or something like that. Well, this is one of those moments. And I just remember being gripped and crying over, crying over and crying out specifically for God to give us the key to the house of David. It was the whole prayer meeting. I was praying, God, give us the key to the house of David. Give us the key. And I understood that the key to the house of David is permission in the spirit to be a 24-7 house of prayer. David's, David had the key, the key to the house of David. The key to the house of David was, if you just look at what that meant, it was specifically talking about his ability to pull off 24-7 prayer and that lineage and, and that grace. And it's, it's a rare grace. And I was praying, God, give me the key to the house of David. I want permission in the spirit, a building permit in the spirit to build 24-7 house of prayer. I want, I want permission to go 24-7. And I was praying that. And it was one of those really gripping um, moments. And I, I mean, I was feeling the Lord in it. I, I felt his pleasure. I, I knew we were going to get there eventually, but I just really was speaking to him about this, this passage. Now, there's two places in the scripture that talk about the key to the house of David, and both of them are dealing with this subject. But uh, anyway, um, I was praying about it. A few days later, I had a dream. And in the dream, someone approached me, and they, they kind of did one of those like little cliffhanger moments where they're like, hey, I've got some good news for you. And then they just kind of stared at me and like didn't say anything. It was kind of like dot, 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 you know? And I was like, what, man? Tell me, what is it? What is it? And, and they, they weren't telling me. They were just kind of smiling at me. And I actually know this was the Holy Spirit smiling at me, you know, through this or whatever. And I knew the answer. He didn't say it, but I knew the answer was we had been given permission to have the key of David to the house of David and to build 24-7 prayer. Uh, I just, I knew that that was being conveyed in the dream. And I woke up, just had so much confidence about it, but it was just a really sweet way that the Lord spoke to me. Well, sometime later, uh, John Stokes, our very own Johnny Boy, had a dream about TPR being the most magnificent temple that he'd ever seen. So I haven't probed him to figure out what all the details were, but I'm imagining this huge structure, it's beautiful. The presence of God's on it, it just feels beautiful. And he understood in the dream, this was the prayer room. This was TPR. And in the dream, we were having a celebration. So this beautiful, you know, elaborate structure, everything, he described it as a temple. And uh, we were having a celebration moment. And the celebration was over the fact that we had just added the night watch sets. And so... 
We're in this beautiful space and, and it's glorious. And the presence of God is with us, you know, and, and yet we're just now adding the, uh, the final sets. And it's just like we're having a celebration, which I'm like, you know, we're going to do that. I mean, that's going to be very real. Uh, and I just thought that was so cool that the Lord even not just told us we'll be 24-7, but just the, the favor and the smile of God and the enjoyment of the community launching into that final frontier, you know, thought that was pretty cool. One of our worship leaders had a dream about our leadership team coming out of a senior staff meeting. And so, which, I mean, that, man, that happens every Tuesday. I'm a little, we look a little haggard when we come out of there normally. And, and so, uh, but this dream was we'd come out of the meeting and one of the senior staff members, um, let's see, said, we'll be starting the night watch on a certain date. And like, we're, we're completing the night watch. We're making kind of the announcement, kind of like, Kind of like surprised and excited, coming out shaking their head like, well, we're going to be starting the night watch on this date and gave the date. And I don't know if that date will be, you know, we'll see. If that winds up being it or close, I don't know. I'm, uh, we'll wait for a cedar staff to come out of a cedar staff meeting and go, or start a night watch. And whatever date it is, that's the date. But uh, I just thought that was so fun. Just got into the, into such the like intimate, like we have a senior staff meeting. And of course we're going to talk about that in a senior staff meeting and come out kind of glowing a little, you know, be I mean, like, I just thought that was so fun that somebody had that dream. Okay, now this was another fun one. I had a dream, and I, this, one has, uh, this one has strings attached to it that not all of them are uh, exciting. But it's, the overall is exciting. Uh, buckle up, Daniel, because your world's going to get a little bit difficult when this one happens. I had a dream that entire worship bands, lots of them, were coming to serve the prayer room and to join sets and like to take over sets. Entire pre-established bands. So like the band from this church, in some cases, that traveling worship band, like they were coming to join, to take over sets at the prayer room and that it happened unnervingly fast. It like, it became a trend like overnight. So it wasn't like one did it and then a year later, another did it. It was kind of like 10 worship teams showed up on our doorstep that have varied background, probably don't know the Harp and Bowl model, probably this, probably that. And they showed up and they were like, okay, well, we're serious about this. We want to start. And it was like they showed up in a very short season. Also in that same season, it was clear that we had also started some of our own bands and that these teams were getting like notoriety. Like there 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 was a little bit of the secret sauce on some of our bands, some of our teams. Like there was... These sets were having it and they were like writing songs and it was, it was a sweet thing. So it's kind of like the season of teams, the season of like bands, some of those homegrown, but it seemed like more were coming from without. And that's a, a little unnerving, if not a lot unnerving. Uh, but all of this really helped strengthen the base. And while the dream didn't explicitly say you'll be 24-7, I mean, if 10 worship teams <laughs> came and joined the base, we'd go 24-7 Three months later after we figured out what to do with those bands. I mean, we, we would go 24-7 for sure if we had that sort of a strength. Countless more dreams. I can't tell you how many times people have walked up to me and said, Brett, I had a dream about the Night Watch. I had a dream about the... We're doing the Night Watch. Prayer room went 24-7. I don't know how many times I've had those people come up to me. And I've said it. I've been pretty consistent. I'll go on the line on this one. I pretty consistently said, please email me that dream. But what I haven't consistently done was write down their name and hound them. So there have been, I guarantee you, I have less than half of the number of dreams that people have had about our night watch being a reality and what the Lord's going to do and all that. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful that he's spoken to us that much about our future. Now, 
Here in 2020, where we're 20 hours a day, believing for 24-7 and the night watch really doesn't take a lot of faith. I mean, like, at this point, it's like, I love the way Billy said it, uh, Billy Humphrey in Atlanta, when I you know, told him we were going 27 uh, back in September. Uh, he goes, man, 20 hours a day? Oh, I mean, you guys are, you're totally going to go 24-7. He said, like, of course. I mean, wow, I didn't realize that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can believe that. And he said, I don't really know that I think that about every place, you know, but I like, I for sure think it. You guys are, you're going to legitimately go 24-7. My point is, right now, that word about being 24-7, night night and day prayer, having the night watch, right now, it's encouraging, but I cannot tell you how helpful those words have been, strengthening us to keep going, to keep pressing, to keep believing, to keep adding, to keep... You know, hold the line over the years when we went from two hours a day to four hours a day to eight hours a day to six, you know, to 16. I mean, as we, as we added sets, it was so helpful to know the Lord has spoken over this ministry. We will be a 24-7 house of prayer. Now, what I'm going to do in the rest of these sessions is I'm going to share more about our history. I've got a bunch more words about our future too. I've kind of divided those up. I'm going to share encouraging stories about the ways that the Lord has dealt with us, which are awesome because they tell us how we got here, but they're also awesome because they tell us who God is to us. They tell us how God relates to this ministry and what we should expect him to do in the future. Uh, God didn't relate to us in the past randomly. He related to us in the past specifically, strategically, in order to train us about what to expect of him in the future. And so, guys, these are going to be fun sessions. Uh, And each one of them has a little bit different feel. So if you're like, man, tonight it was all these dreams, I want to hear more of the stories. Believe me, there's more stories. You know, if you're like, oh, well, I really want to hear about, you know, how we're going to navigate this specific thing. We got it. I promise there's there's a lot of information we're going to share. And I'm, if you would, pray for me to know how to condense it and and get it, get to the point, and like, I, because there's so much. I mean, I was looking over the information. There's a couple hundred pages, no, probably like 300 pages, of information related to dreams, words, things the Lord's spoken, things that He said, impressions, visions, you know, angelic encounters. I mean, we got so much, and I'm trying to sift through all of it, and you know, I've got it organized somewhat, but you can't teach 300 pages of stuff. So I would love it if you guys would be praying for me to just have clarity on how to condense it. And I felt like I actually got that for this session. This was a greatly condensed version of what was there. This was about 14 pages and I got it down to six. Uh, so pray for those kinds of things for me because that, that just makes it more fun to share and less boring. And it, anyway, it makes it easier for you guys to listen to. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.